Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we had four people sign up for our Patreon at the Jedi Master level this past week, which is amazing and huge. Thank you all so much. So uh, Kylie Petrano, Thane Clark, Starside Productions, and Tierney Legion, uh, thank you so much for your support. That is amazing. For our first question, Major Zuma asks, how the Jedi mind trick is considered a light side ability? Yeah, I don't really think that it is. Uh, and uh, Light of the Jedi goes into that a little bit. Like, uh, Elzar Mann is kind of a big fan of, they call it the mind to touch at that point. Uh, but he kind of likes it a little too much. And <laughs> Avar Chris is like, why don't you chill it with the mind tricks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I can see how it's helpful, like... When I'm trying to think of like when um, Qui Gon, it's this isn't the mind trick, but he like uses the force to calm Jar Jar down, <laughs> and, like makes him pass out. Yeah, uh, is is that considered a mind trick? I don't I know. I think a little bit. It's affecting his mind. What I think of is in the Clone Wars when like Anakin and Mace and Obi Wan are all using the mind trick on Cad Bane. Oh yeah, and like that plays out very dark side. Yeah, and it like, doesn't. It looks like it hurts Cad Bane. Yeah, because Cad Bane like isn't weak minded, but they're trying their darndest to to get through to him and to like, break his mind. <laughs> yeah, and like everyone at once doing it. That's I mean, that's just showing you. The Jedi have <laughs> definitely lost their way. It's it's something where, like, I don't think it's inherently evil. I mean, it's manipulation, I guess, which it can be evil, but it doesn't have to be. It's it's an ambiguous thing that I think of a... There's a quote from Dr. Affer that I really like, that evil is a measure of how much your choices take away someone else's. And I do think that a mind trick is taking away someone's choice usually not a major choice and sometimes it's like i guess the ends justify the means where obi-wan and luke have to get past this stormtrooper garrison so mm -hmm. quick little mind trick no harm no foul but <laughs> yeah it, it's i guess all about how you use it yeah i mean it's it's not like qui-gon was trying to get the part that he needed from wado for free he was trying to make wado accept his Republic credits. Which are useless to Watto. So, <laughs> like, that's... I mean, all this stuff is a little bit like, oh, I don't know. It's not It's not great. <laughs> it is kind of walking a thin line. Um, I mean, yeah. that's, like... The Jedi a, probably just use the honor code when it comes to mind tricks. And they have to like, fill out a form every time they use a mind trick. <laughs> oh, yeah. A... a T TPS report. <laughs> a TPS report for every mind trick. <laughs> uh, what else? It, like a, a lot of Star Wars to me is 
you know, the power that you have, how do you use it? Uh, are you using it for good or evil? And yeah, I think that sometimes it does. Like, what is your end goal here? Is it noble or is it evil? And so I think sometimes using a mind trick can be bad and sometimes it doesn't have to be, but it's definitely like a, oh man, I could debate this for a long time on whether or not it's ethical to use a mind trick. Uh, it's an interesting question for sure. I I would love to hear George Lucas or Dave Filoni talk about this. and It'd be fun to get like an ethics professor yeah. or, or philosopher to talk about mind tricks and what they think of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's just the Jedi's way of being like, I'm better than you, and I can <laughs> literally make you think that. <laughs> Brandon Velasquez wants to know if Palpatine's plan would have worked during the High Republic era. I don't think so. Yeah, this is similar to the Anakin question we got mm -hmm. last week of like, would, have, would Anakin have turned out the same way if he were around in the High Republic era? And I think this is kind of the same deal. Uh, there wasn't as much chaos happening at the time. Um, at least until the Great Disaster, but even then. Yeah, even then, like, he he could have tried, but he wouldn't have had, he probably wouldn't have had a Anakin-like figure to... I, I think it's just more about the Jedi and the Republic are not like corrupt at this point or fallen or however you want to put it. Yeah. Like the Republic over the course of the next 200 years is going to become corrupt and they are not at the point of the high Republic. Right. And Palpatine needed that corruption to worm his way in. Right. And yeah. I, I think that it, it all kind of hinges on that. I, I, the simple answer is no, <laughs> probably not, but it, it hurts my head to think about <laughs> all the, variables <laughs> right like I, I think that the the high republic where we start in the story we're seeing the beginning of the fall of the jedi we're going to see like what caused them to become what we see in the prequels and not just the jedi but the republic as well like why did they go from like this idealistic government and order down into something that could be uh corrupted and turned by palpatine Mr. J.D. Rice asks why it was impossible for a Jedi Master to take on more than one apprentice. I don't see it as impossible. I see it as more like, you shouldn't do that. Like, I, I think training a Jedi should require your full attention. Yeah. It's the Ron Swanson quote, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. <laughs> like, focus on just training this one Padawan the best that you can. Yeah, and... You know, this comes up when Qui-Gon goes to the council and talks about Anakin and Yoda points out, like, you've already got Obi-Wan. Like, don't don't go cheating on Obi-Wan <laughs> with this magical kid that you think is part of a prophecy. <laughs> but but Qui-Gon basically says, I'ma do it anyway. And before before Obi-Wan is a knight, he's got Obi-Wan with him and he's got Anakin with him. And it's not like the council kicked him out of the order or anything yeah. maybe they would have if he kept it up but and obi-wan tells him like you would be on the council if you wouldn't continue to defy them time and time again right so, so i don't i don't know that i definitely don't think it's like impossible for someone to have trained two apprentices it's more just like 
Nah, I don't think you should. Is that apprenticei? Apprentices? Apprenti? I, pr- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Going Fishing wants to know what the biggest difference between canon and legends is in terms of philosophies. Yeah, and specifically they bring up like the force and how it was written and handled. And I definitely do think that there is a difference there, uh, especially when you look at the books and uh, they kind of deal with power creep the same way like Dragon Ball Z would, Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, we got to make the the next enemy has to be stronger than Palpatine and then the next enemy has to be stronger than that. So the force, I think, got to be a little bit crazy. Not saying I didn't enjoy it, but (laughs) uh, there is that. And I also think that just across the board, it was a little less consistent which like leads the fandom into like (laughs) splitting into sects and how they all view the force and i think that especially the video games people were introduced to the force through a video game and it's like yeah you level up and you get more abilities and this happens and i don't think that was ever george lucas's intent but he was also like letting people play in his sandbox so he didn't stop it yeah Everything was about power and like kind of wanting or needing more and more of it. And that's that's kind of a Sith thing. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, I, I, I don't think that canon doesn't deal with that. Uh, but I, I just think, I think the biggest difference for me is the inconsistency. Yeah. Well, canon Like, content- cause you're right. The Sith always want power. And that's something Lucas has talked about a lot. Yeah. Canon content talks a lot more about the balance of it all. Um, yeah, there there are very powerful Jedi, um, Luke, Anakin, Rey, uh, but there there's always that idea of balance. Darkness rises, light to meet it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there... the, <laughs> it just, like, Legends has the Yuzong Vong, which is, like you said, power creep, as as far as the villains are concerned, they are literally like the force. Th- that's like does a nothing whole, to them, right? That that's a whole other conversation. That like George Lucas uh, didn't like the idea that he didn't mind the use on Bong because I think that like they were going to bring them into the Clone Wars, but he was going to change it so that they were still a part of the Force. He was like every living being is part of the Force, so. Yeah, like the Salamiri in Star Wars Legends, the Yuzon Vong, anything that just was like, nope, Force doesn't work on me. He was like, no. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's that as well. Um, but I-, I see just a lot more, especially like when I look at Fallen Order, the video game, they took a lot of time and care to make sure that the way the Force worked and you do... I don't want to say level up, but you unlock new powers. But the way they handled it was not in a video gamey way, in my opinion. I was very impressed with that. So I think that with the canon, it's not so much of like, yeah, anyone can come in and play in this sandbox. It's like, no, we're going to try to make this all more consistent right. in, in how we write it. It wasn't like kill 20 enemies and <laughs> learn a new force power. Right. Tony Batara asks, which Lord of the Rings character would make the best Jedi? They throw out Sam, which makes a lot of sense. He is like the most pure of heart. Um, but I mean, I feel like I feel like Strider 
Aragorn. Yeah. He'd make a good one. Yeah. Um, I want to go more chaotic with this and say, like, Merry or Pippin. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I'd be hard-pressed to say that any of them would be bad Jedi. Like, even Boromir. Yes, he is corruptible, but he is noble at heart. Like, he ultimately does want to help. Mm. He confronts his fears, and so does Frodo. Like, I mean, like, Gandalf, honestly, was my first thought. Yeah. I mean, he's already magic. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a Jedi already. Right, and I mean, <laughs> uh, Saruman is straight up Count Dooku. Yeah. So, so we can't. He, he's Dooku not... was a Jedi, and then he felt like it's the same thing. Dooku, Jedi, falls to become a Sith. Saruman led the Council of Wizards, fell to uh, the bad guys. So, yeah, that's interesting, actually. Same person. Uh-huh. So we can't count that because it's literally the same story. <laughs> um, I I think every member of the Fellowship would be fine as a Jedi. Tom Bombadil. Well, he's straight up, like, I don't even know what to classify him within Star Wars. Exactly. He's, he's, like he's the, the chosen one. He's like the father. <laughs> he's like a Mortis god or the Bindu. Ooh, the Bindu actually feels kind of right. For him to be a Bindu or the Bindu? Yeah, like someone who doesn't super take sides but has a lot of wisdom and is immensely powerful. Yeah. Definitely not Frodo. He gets distracted way too easily and falls down a lot. I disagree. And... <laughs> Frodo would make a great Jedi. He, he falls a lot, but he gets back up. Yeah. He confronts his fears and he overcomes them. That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars explained content like audio commentaries for the films. And we're doing commentaries for the Clone Wars right now. This week's episode is The Box, so that's all available right now if you're interested. On to YouTube questions. The Bleaker asks if we could see the Sith Eternal or the Night Sisters in The Acolyte. Night Sisters? I want to say yes. I just think that would be really cool especially if we're dealing with the dark side which it says that we're going to like i'd love to deal in more than just the sith yeah i mean both of these i think are very likely possibilities um, um I, I disagree on the sith eternal no no i think it's too early i i mean i might be eating my words in a week when darth vader issue 10 comes out like darth vader is going to exegol right now in the comics during the original trilogy. So he's trying to figure out what Palpatine's plan is. As of right now, I think the Sith Eternal was a Palpatine creation. But, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like, uh, maybe they have been around for a long time just chilling on Exegol. That's, that was kind of how I thought of it. It's very possible. Um, And yeah, the fact that Palpatine somehow survived... Um, they were just like, hey, cool, we have a new leader now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, that, this is just, like, kind of my gut feeling about the Sith Eternal. I was under the impression that it was Palpatine's creation, but it very well might not be. I mean, like, all this, of... This coming Wednesday, I may, might be like, oh, I was way off. All of Exegol feels very old. Sure. So... But I wonder if Palpatine was, like, revitalizing it, or if all these people are just, like, stuck there. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, I I assume 
Exegol as a planet kind of just works differently, almost like Dagobah, where it, uh, it like exists in another realm of time and stuff. Right. Um, but I agree too about the Night Sisters that I would love to see them pop up literally anywhere. I think the Acolyte would be a good place to do it, but those that they're a character that I'm like. This needs to be explored more. Night Sisters, I feel, are underused. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, like, always excited when they pop back up. Mark Wilton wants to know if Luke knew Grogu was a baby when he came to rescue him. This question specifically asked because Luke just brings an X-Wing. And it's like, what if what if it were a full-on adult? And you're like, all right, well, let's just cram in the, my X-Wing real quick. <laughs> so He's got, like, a, a, a car seat wrapped yeah. up in the back. I mean... I, I think that, yes, he knew who and what Grogu was. I imagine that when Grogu reached out on Tython, uh, he telepathically contacted Luke. Whether or not they had, like, a full-on conversation or anything, I think Luke saw, like, a vision or something of this child that needed help. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I got space. That is interesting. Like, what if Grogu wasn't tiny? Where would he have put him? Maybe he would have... Had a little sidecar on the X-Wing. <laughs> little training wheels uh-huh. on it. <laughs> training S-foils. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joseph Simpson asks if the Bad Batch will have a narration at the start of the episodes like the Clone Wars did. I really like this question. And uh, Joseph mentions that it's like war propaganda in the Clone Wars, which it is. And I'm, I was like, yeah, what if they keep that going? But it just really shifts tone. And instead of Republic... Like, we're the good guys propaganda. It shifts into a more sinister imperial propaganda. Mm-hmm. And we still get that narration, but it's different. And, like, right away, you're like, oh, this feels like the Clone Wars. It feels like the Republic, but it's not. I think that's a really cool idea to keep running. Yeah. I don't know. It It feels almost like, of course it would. But then my first thought... Also, was maybe the the very first episode doesn't have anything at the start. Like it, it's like very slow and somber start, no narration, and it just like goes straight into the story. And then maybe the episodes after the first one have like recaps and and here, okay, here's what's happening now. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I, I think it's going to probably shift away from some of the Clone Wars things we know. I don't think it's going to keep, like, the fortune cookie at the start for some reason. Um, I mean, is it going to be Yalaren? Well, that's... I don't I don't think they're going to have narration. Um, but I just... I, I would like it if it did. Even if it were just for the first episode. And no, I don't think it should be Yalaren. It shouldn't be, like, a war across the Republic, but, like, still kind of <laughs> cheerful. Like, it should be, like, a more stern Imperial... Like, victory is ours, and now we crush blah, 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 and, like... Yeah. I think that would be a cool way to kick it off. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, like, if it's narrated by a character that we will know, or if it's just a nameless voice. Could be Tarkin. Ooh, that'd be good. Steven Stanton. Mm-hmm. We know he's in the show, at least for a scene. Yeah. I like that. 
Kyber wants to know if Snoke actually was based on an original template or was he a genetic creation of Palpatine? Still up in the air, but uh, this question is stemming from the Force Awakens novelization where Snoke says that he saw the rise and fall of the Empire and he's been around for a long, long time. And in my head right now, I'm assuming that uh, Palpatine literally created Snoke, like he said. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could have, he said, I made Snoke. And that could be like a, you know, I made him what he is. But I think he literally grew him in a vat. And then any memory that Snoke had was just implanted in him. Yeah, I think all of his memories were fabricated and he was basically programmed. But that's, it's insane to think about and I I just have so many questions. (laughs) Again, (laughs) the Darth Vader comic is kind of exploring that stuff right now. So we might get some answers in the next uh, week or couple months. Yeah, and you literally do see these, like, unfinished yeah. Snokes. Jara Snokes. In in a vat of, like, gross yellow liquid. I, I don't know. The pickle jar, right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of... It kind of checks out in my book that Snoke was literally created by Palpatine because he looks really rough. And it, it's, it feels like... This was Palpatine's very first well, creation. Baby's and, first clone. <laughs> and it maybe didn't turn out the way that he wanted. Well, but... see, that like gets into even weirder stuff because the Rise of Kylo Ren comic suggests that he once looked a lot better. And like Kylo sees Snoke looking like that and he's like, oh my gosh, what did Master Luke do to you? Well, so th- does that, do you mean like Kylo has seen him before? Yeah. So, like, it's very convoluted. Snoke and Luke had a relationship, according to the Last Jedi novelization. They knew each other. And so Ben knew Snoke. And Snoke, like, appeared as a kindly helper uh, when really he was, like, pulling strings, trying to get Ben over to his side to follow to the dark side. So at one point, it sounds like he looked much better. (laughs) And then... Luke and Snoke fought and Snoke became battle damaged. But then we see the clones and he looks like that out of the bottle. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I don't know, like maybe everyone's memories of Snoke are somehow fabricated and like put in their heads maybe by like like dawn and buffy mm-hmm. like yeah when buffy's sister is created like it she's created by magic and then anyone that ever would have known of her has memories like installed into their heads yep. that she was always there so yeah <laughs> i think that's a little much even for star wars but who knows mm. ryan smith asks if we could see a visual guide and an art of book for the high republic I could see that happening. Visual Guide seems really likely to me at some point, uh, because there are a lot of characters to keep track of, and maybe when it's all done, maybe when all three phases are complete, they might put something out. Art of, also maybe, like, I don't, we've seen a lot of character concepts, and that's kind of it. So I, I am curious to know if they did a lot of other concepts for planets and stuff, but, like, the ship stuff, like the vector, it sounds like they were mining old concept art 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that they did as much concept art for these books as they would for a movie, but the fact that they did any at all is kind of crazy for a publishing effort. Yeah, I feel like any chance for them to make a reference book, it will get made at some point. Uh, yeah, and I think both of these are likely just because all the concept art for the High Republic just is is so dope looking. I would buy that book, and lots of other people probably would too. Maybe they'll do something like like call it an ultimate guide or something where they just combine it into one. Because yeah. they might not have enough concept art for a full book, but if they were to just include it in the visual guide. That's true. And then like, so like the art of books go into a lot of in-depth stuff about like how the ideas came about. And they've already talked about that mm-hmm. at length about the High Republic. There's like a Disney Plus special and all that. So yeah, maybe they'd combine it. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.